Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. In this episode, I caught up with Mark Sims. Mark's a Backyard Ultra runner and a Backyard Ultra lover just like me. Here you go. Okay, Mark, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Great. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. Always <laughs> happy to chat. Oh, yeah, running, life, Backyard Ultras, everything. Yeah, awesome. Um, so we have run in the same race at MVP a couple of times, but this is the first time we've ever actually talking or talked to each other. So, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't really know all that much about you apart from your Instagram account. So, how long have you been running for? Oh, uh, look, I think I've been I've been running in some some form. Yeah, probably my whole life. I mean, I I grew up on the coast in New South Wales in a place called Port Stephens probably 500 metres from the beach. Um, so I, I grew up doing nippers, junior, you know, junior life-saving, and I, I wasn't actually a very great swimmer, but I was good at sprinting on the sand and running, um, doing the flags and things like that. And um, So I was good at sprinting, and when I got into high school, I did cross-country. And um, then I guess I just, it was on and off throughout my life. But um, when I got really into it, I'd say would be when my wife and I relocated to um, moved to Melbourne in 2017. Mm -hmm. Um her family were from here and I I didn't really know anyone here or my family in New South Wales. Uh, and I thought a great way to meet people would be to, you know, join running clubs and, you know, that's how I really got started to get into it more. And then I think, it's, I guess it's an interesting question because there's like, when did you get into running and then when did you get into something like backyard ultras or ultra running or, you know, yeah, um, that's a whole other thing. But um, I think for me, it's always just been like a lot of things in my life, um, gradual um saying yes to opportunities and seeing where they take me and for me um i first heard about you know backyard ultras in 2019 uh, at that point i'd only ever done a half marathon but for me the first time i ever heard about it i was like oh god how do i do this like this is incredible yeah. I, I think it was like you see an amazing film or hear a song and it just clicks like you're like oh that was almost creative for me and for me when i heard about the backyard ultra um you're ever going to be curious about something like that or you're going to be put off or yeah. just think it's crazy but I was just like, well, I think that's for me. So, um, you know, the first time I heard about it, from then it was just about, okay, I want to keep doing them and get into that type of running. Kind of skipped the marathon. Um, and and I haven't I haven't even done one. Um, really? and, and it seems too short now for me. But, I, yeah, I think I've always been fascinated and interested in running. But, um, yeah, it was probably in 2019 that something clicked. Yeah. Do you remember how it was you actually heard about Backyard Ultras for the first time? Oh, what was it? It was probably on oh, Facebook or something. I mean, I had I had heard about um, the Barkley Marathons. I'd I'd watched that documentary on, on Netflix, and that's how I got into um, that and um, and Laz. And it's probably it was probably on Facebook or something like that that I heard about it. Um, and then I followed, yeah, the one in twenty nineteen. I think that Maggie Guttrell won. Mm. And I, I think at that point that might have been the first year of. Miriam weren't the one in Victoria because yeah. obviously when I first heard about them, um, I think that was there was only one in Victoria and it was that one. Yeah. Um, and you know I was like, okay, well, how do I do one? And then I actually heard um, one came about. It was Trails Plus, you know, amazing company run by Brett in Victoria. They put on all of these trail events and and races, and that actually announced that they were doing one called MVP. Um, it was going to be in Feb 2020. I think, it, and I think it was actually short notice. I think I heard about it four or five weeks before it was going to happen. Like it was one of those, and I definitely did not have the prep, but I didn't care. I was like, I have to do one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so I did, and yeah. uh, and they're definitely great for, yeah, 
you learn a lot um to, if you suddenly just it clicks in your head that you want to try an ultra or you want to try even worse a, a race that doesn't even have a set distance or limit but you go until you know you can't anymore yeah um, but yeah i just went straight to that so a- as a fan of the format already you must have been pretty excited to run in the <laughs> first one back in 2020 at mvp yeah absolutely um and i think that that's the thing i i'm just a massive fan like even if i if i'm not doing them i i follow on facebook i i'll probably listen to i listen to as many podcasts as i can and i i um love following them and they, and they, they can be hard to follow sometimes it's literally refreshing facebook yeah. pages and groups and things like that but i you know ever since i first heard about them i've gotten excited about them yeah. i would i would share with my um friends or my wife oh can you believe they're still going like oh my god <laughs> and this is this is you know um now we're at the point where the you know the world record's 102 but it, this is when it was um you know 60 and things like that and i'd be like oh, can you believe my wife she doesn't actually like running <laughs> she doesn't really like me talking about it but <laughs> yeah i would just get excited about it and um i always have so i guess it helps with anything you're doing in life to be really passionate about it and to love it yeah, um, yeah it because, kind of gives you an advantage yeah definitely i remember um before well i actually joined facebook around about the time i started this podcast because i realized like if you want to follow backyard ultras you need facebook yeah that's right 100 <laughs> percent. yeah that's right and i i remember um oh there was a great one in 2020 i think it was the the quarantine backyard oh. ultra that was happening during COVID, where there were literally people all over the world um <laughs> in like a zoom call doing a um a backyard ultra and i remember i just had that on in the background but yeah, yeah. i definitely love following it um and I, yeah, I love, um, I love doing them as well. Yeah, 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 sure. The, um, so I mean, a lot of planning goes into doing a backyard ultra. Like nutrition is probably the one that most people plan the most for. But one of the things that really got me interested in your story was the fact you've got um, type one diabetes, and that's something you have to um, manage when you run yours. So. Um, how does that affect your planning for your backyard ultras the type 1 diabetes yeah look um i got i i guess i was going back to the beginning i mean i was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in in 2008 right um and it's an autoimmune condition my pancreas doesn't produce insulin which breaks down the sugars in foods so that was 2008 and that went undiagnosed for me for three months so i I lost 16 kilos. I ended up in the hospital. I was quite sick um, because you do need insulin to break down the sugars and foods. And um, if you take too much insulin, it's bad and dangerous. And if you don't have enough and you go high, it's dangerous. So it's this juggling act. And I've had to, I guess, diabetics can go through a lot in terms of um, denial and feeling alone and isolated. There's depression associated with diabetes, feeling like you're quite limited in what you can do in terms of trying to live a healthy, happy, normal life. Um, and for me, it's definitely been a journey since 2008 where I've seen, um, thankfully, advances in technology, um, a, lot, a lot of the equipment um, subsidised and, you know, available through uh, health insurance and things like that. So, and I, I have an amazing support team at Alfred Hospital as well, but I, I've seen it. I guess it's it's come a, a very long way. And in the beginning, I was probably just trying to um, be normal, I guess, live a normal life with my diabetes and um not thinking so much about things like ultras and that in the early days you know um but for me you know something kind of clicked for me that if if i it's all about 
I'm going to get as much out of life as I put in. And if I can be, you know, I've got this condition, it's not going away. So if I'm on top of it, if I'm, you know, manage it well, and it is manageable, some things in life aren't manageable. So if I manage it well, I can absolutely not only be happy and healthy, but there is no limit to what I can achieve. Um, I, I don't think that, um, you know, for me, I don't feel like it's a, it's a hindrance in any way. And, and that's been a realization for me. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of obviously gotten to the point where um, maybe initially in a couple of back out ultras I did that I may not have talked about it, or I didn't want it to be a thing. Um, I've kind of realized, and it happened with the one I did this year, that in actual fact, there's an opportunity for me to create awareness around, um, you know, diabetes and, and what diabetics can achieve, not just for um, non-diabetics, but diabetics as well, um, saying, hey, yes, we've got this thing, uh, and yes, it is difficult, but in actual fact, if we manage it well, we can, you know, there is no limit, and what, that's what I love about Backout Ultras. So for me... Um, you know, I have a pump attached to my stomach 24-7. It gives me insulin. I have a continuous glucose monitor also attached to my stomach, which talks to it. And thankfully, the technology now is that um, my pump is sent readings from my CGM and it kind of acts as a pancreas and it gives me insulin or doesn't give me insulin based on what my blood sugar levels are at, which is incredible, really. Yeah. Um, and so for me, there's obviously... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to think about when I'm doing a backyard ultra, but I, I'm lucky where I've gotten to a point where I'm actually more focused or worried about, you know, chafage or blisters or hydration or sleep deprivation or things like that. And in actual fact, when I'm, when I'm thinking about backyard ultras now, diabetes probably isn't even in the top five things I'm worried about or focused on because um, I, I do have such a good support team. I, I have kind of educated myself and I've done a lot of trial and error in terms of what works for me. And I do have this amazing technology as well. So I kind of, you know, the first one I ever did, I spoke with a sports dietitian. I saw a physio. I did all of these things. And then I just, I tested, you know, nutrition and things like that. Um, but for me, a lot of it has been uh, trial and error. But I, I did, you know, kind of just jump into it when I first heard about a back ultra. I was like, I need to do one of those. Mm. I didn't even think about diabetes. It was just a, you know, a side thing, a back a background thing. And then I saw, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's a thing that I have. I'm going to have to manage that. But that's like everything. It's like, okay, well, if I want to do over 100 kilometers, I need to have the right shoes. Okay, well, I need to think about um, how to not be sleep deprived. I need to think about hydration, nutrition. I mean, you know what they're like. There's so many factors to think about. So for me, diabetes is just another one of those and not just, not a blocker. And that's absolutely what I, I don't want it to be or that I don't think it should be for anyone. Yeah. So I'm surprised you said it was in 2008 because, I mean, I know a little bit about it, but I thought most people were like it was something people were born with. But how old were you in two thousand and eight? I was I was twenty three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it it can happen later in life and be triggered by a number of things, but um, it turns out you know it's an autoimmune condition, and and now it turns out that everyone in my family has the kind of celiac or some form of autoimmune condition. Right. But yeah, I I ended up you know when I was twenty three, and as I said, I was feeling quite un unhealthy or unwell which is why i went to a doctor but i just thought that oh at that time i was doing shift work and maybe i just felt lousy because of that and maybe i just lost a lot of weight because of that but no it actually yeah had become um quite problematic in terms of not being diagnosed yeah. um and as i said it's yeah it, it was been a long journey uh but i had to go through it and i had to learn what i learned about diabetes to get to where i am now yeah it would have been a huge learning curve for you um I mean, from what I understand, there's no rhyme or reason as to how people get it, or am I wrong in saying that? No, I, no, I, I think that's right. And, and I, I mean, yeah, there's probably, 
yeah, health health professionals that might say something else. But for me, I mean, I can only really talk about my experience with it. But yeah, I mean, it can some people it can just happen unexpectedly. People can get it when they're thirty seven; they can get it later in life. And and for me, when I you know obviously I want to help raise awareness for diabetics and also non diabetics about perceptions of diabetes. And yeah, hey, you, you know, it's type one; it's not something you get from being unhealthy or eating too much sugar or hey you know that that question of oh are you sure you can eat that or can you eat that with diabetes yes we can actually um 100 eat whatever we want you just need to make sure that what you eat is is covered by insulin and and again too much insulin is bad and not enough is bad so yeah it's that um i guess you can there can be some negativity or or ideas around diabetes and, and how people get it that you know it's it's absolutely not a thing where you get it from being unhealthy mm. Yeah, um, I did see that you um, you do have a mobile. It looks like a, a little computer that you carry around, and it connects to your body with a little injection. And how long have you had that for? Like, did you have to like give yourself injections at the start? Or yeah, yeah, well, that's right. As I said, the the technology has has come so far. And when I started, I was doing the I was checking my blood by finger pricking, um, and that was, I had a monitor. And then I I was um, giving myself insulin with the pens. And putting the pen into my my stomach, which is obviously very different to, I change my needles out on my pump every two days. I insert an insulin capsule on the pump, and then that's attached to my stomach, um, constantly giving me insulin. And now, obviously, the point where the hard thing for me was the visibility of of having to you know not know what your levels are unless you finger prick. So you were finger pricking every two hours. But now, if I attach the CGM to my stomach. Um, I can literally just look at my pump and it will tell me what my bloods are. And that is such a beautiful thing, not just, you know, you never have to worry or, or question, you know, what your levels might be. You can see them, your loved ones can see them. Uh, and in something like an ultra, or a backyard ultra, anything like that, I can, you know, I can just feel so empowered that I, I have this pump attached to me and I know what I am and I can manage that. Yeah. Um, so I've just got to a point where it's not even um, a thing I worry about because I have yeah. this ability. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was wondering how long would that pump last for? Does it actually, when you're running a backyard ultra, does it operate more? Like, does it pump more insulin? Do you need more insulin while you're running a backyard ultra? Or yeah, you actually need um, you'd be less. There's a thing where I mean, because exercise can bring your blood sugar levels down. Um, so that's why when you hear about diabetics carrying sugar or having lollies it's because as i've said if your levels go low it's dangerous but then if you had too much sugar or you didn't take insulin to cover food and you go high that is dangerous as well um so for me you know let's say i was doing a backyard ultra or anytime i'm doing a run i would actually set up my pump to it gives me background insulin it's constantly giving me background insulin to keep me stable uh, but it's also going to give me insulin every time i input um, carbohydrates for food that I'm going to eat because you take insulin based on carbohydrates. So let's say I had a background insulin, I would actually reduce that by 50% if I was going to do a run or I would actually set a temp target on my monitor, on my pump. Let's say normal blood sugar levels might be between 4 and 8. So I would say, okay, can you aim for 8.6? I don't want you to aim between 4 and 8 because I might go too low when I'm exercising. So I set up something like that. And then I... Yeah, I mean it's a tricky thing because, like everyone, I'm I'm probably aiming for 200 to 300 calories per hour and 600 um, mil of liquid. Uh, but I'm also making sure that, well, there's that thing. I don't want to go too low and I don't want to go too high. Um, so it's a constant thing. But yeah, I, I am definitely reducing the amount of insulin I'm having 
uh, in terms of the background. Yeah. Um, it can get a bit, yeah, I guess it can be a little bit involved, but that's, again, there's so many things to think about. Um, and thankfully, in my head, I might be like on a loop for a backyard ultra and think, okay, when I came in, I have to um, grab food or do this or I, I have to fix up my pump, but thankfully, I don't really have to do that. And I every time I do a loop, I'm just making sure that I'm carrying a gel or something on me in case my levels start dropping. But yeah. I found, um, yeah, my management to be pretty good. Yeah. Because, like I said, I can see what my levels are. And the great thing is that you're coming into home base constantly. Yeah. yeah. And, and how long have you had that device for? I've had this one. I'm just trying to trying to think when I I got off pens onto the pump. It would have been about um, yeah four years ago. Right. And and thankfully, because if I didn't have health cover, I think they oh, yeah probably nine to ten thousand dollars the pump. But really? they they're covered by health cover, which is great. Um, and then the CGM, um, I think it was last year it came in, or even yeah, this this year it came in that they were subsidized. They're subsidized. By the government now, so they're much more affordable than they used to be. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I had it for you get a four year, you have it for four years, and then it renews on your health cover. So I started this one this year, and the one before that I had for four years. But right. so you yeah. did have that when you ran your first backyard ultra in twenty twenty. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and before you had it, how many how many times a day would you have to like give yourself an injection on a, on average? Every time I every time I ate food. Wow. Yeah. So every time I ate food, um, or and also as I've said, there's there's kind of background long lasting insulin. So I would take long lasting insulin in the morning, and then I'd inject at night time. And then every time I ate, but I guess that's the thing that you're you're taking insulin based on carbohydrates. So if and if you take too much insulin, it, it can be bad. And again, too not enough, and it, it's you know also bad. So if you, for example, had a meal where it was you know tuna and lettuce and mushrooms and spinach and eggs and things like that you wouldn't have to take any insulin for that so you know my thing is all about balance but i know that if i wake up in the morning and my levels are quite good and i don't want to kind of start the day off in a bad way well yeah if i make an omelet or if i'm low carb or zero carb um then that's just yeah less room for error error it's gonna be you know quite good for me but yeah in something like endurance running you have to have you know, carbohydrate is not a thing you can avoid, so you just manage that. But yeah. you know, thing for me is always, I'm all about balance. I think I don't, I don't want to cut things out in life or diet wise, or definitely not things I enjoy. And I just enjoy eating everything. But it's just about, yeah, for me, it's just about balance. You know, yeah, sure. Now with that device, like if you're running in a backyard ultra and it starts pouring down with rain, like is it waterproof or is is that an issue? Um. No, that that's actually all right. right. Like it, 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 it is waterproof. It's all right. I mean, I, the one we did this year in Feb, it, it did. I think it rained for two or three hours. At yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Three a.m. or you know, a little bit. But um, no, it, it it's fine. Um, although I, if I was going to go s- swimming, I just detach the pump, and so it leaves the needles in my stomach. Right. Um, and then I just clip it back on. Yeah. Yeah. So you can unclip and clip as you need to. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. did watch a few videos. It looks pretty um versatile. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And you okay, I'm at a point now where I don't even notice it. Like yeah. I just I just clip it on, I, I don't even realise or you know, because there's there's literally not really any moment where I don't have it on except mm-hmm. showering. And before I saw your Instagram account, I didn't even know such a thing existed, but I had heard of some people getting one implanted under their skin. Is is that is that a thing or was I imagining something like that? 
Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there's the CGMs, the continuous glucose monitoring, and you you can kind of that might be something that you see that's kind of attached to people's arms or it looks like it's under the skin. Um, and there's a there's a few different types of them. Um, and I mean, I mean, they might be. I mean, my understanding at the moment for me, it's it's all about my pump, and yeah. and um, I know you can do the pens as well, but. Yeah, definitely with the CGMs that you can put things um, on your skin or maybe even under your skin to read your blood sugar levels. It's wow. it's just continually evolving. Yeah, and getting better and better. I've seen it so come like come so far. Yeah. Um, in terms of the tech, and I, I'm a big fan of just in technology in general and how it can make our lives uh, easier. Not just diabetes. I mean, you know, I remember buying CDs and DVDs and now every song I ever wanted to listen to was on Spotify. Every, mm. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say every film I want to watch is on streaming because I can't find anything on there I want to watch. But, you know, yeah. I do love how our lives can be made easier by tech. And for me, the, the biggest the biggest thing is health. Yeah. Well, it's diabetes. amazing that, like, we're able to do this. Like, five, ten years ago, there's no way we would have been able to do this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I think it's even um, been forced to... Um, get better and better because of, you know, COVID, what, what COVID and what happened there and how we kind of had to adapt and evolve in terms of, you know, what work looked like and what life looked like. Mm. Um, is juvenile di- diabetes the same thing as type 1 diabetes or is that something di- different? No, I, th- I think that's, yeah, that's the same thing. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, they quite often refer to yeah, type one diabetes, juvenile diabetes, but yeah, there might be again, there might there be probably you know many people could give a better answer to that, and I might actually be wrong, but yeah, I could. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so the first backyard ultra you did at MVP, you did eleven hours. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, what what can you tell me about that one? Yeah, I, as I said, I, I kind of I think I had four or five weeks notice, but I, I knew I had to do it and. My um, it was actually the race was about two months before my wife was <laughs> set to give birth to her first child. Right. Um, but I did get a, a leave pass and permission to do that, and um, I kind of, yeah, listened to as many podcasts as I could and and read up about it. But then um, yeah, I I, I was aware of my diabetes, so I met with a sports dietitian and um, made sure I, I kind of be okay in that regard. But then a lot of it was just okay. Well, I'm going to do it and you know, see what happens. I definitely learned a lot while I was doing it. Um as you do. Um so but but I'm a I'm a big believer in um <clears throat> you know jumping in opportunities and just jumping in and, and learning a lot by doing. Yeah. Um and so for me, I mean yeah, it was I thought it was incredible, but it was a lot more than I than I expected. I, I, I think I was drawn to backyard ultras and initially or the reason I felt like that for me is because I, I love that idea of not being limited or not having a ceiling. I love I love that idea of a race kind of existing where there is no set distance or parameters. It's kind of it's up to you. Mm. Um, I love that because I'm all about continually trying to improve myself and get better and better. And and I, I just want to, um, yeah, see what I'm capable of. And, and so for me, it's it's all about self exploration. You know, I and I the reason it stood out to me was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I think that. I've only done a half marathon and I wouldn't be able to do this, but in actual fact, you know, why not try it and, and see? Mm. And I love the idea of, you know, how can you train for something that you don't even know what distance you're training for? Yeah. And and what if you think you're capable of doing five loops or 10 or 15 or 20 or 25 or whatever, and then you, you get to that moment 
and in actual fact you realize that you're capable of more mm. um i love that idea so um for me i i mean I, I did it and i loved it and i you know chatted to a lot of people and just took each loop and then you know suddenly felt a lot of pain <laughs> yeah. and it was you know um heartbreaking probably because i just wanted to keep going but it was also kind of beautiful i'm like oh wow well this is yeah i'm a, i actually am completely done um and all i could do after that finish was just think about you know how i could do another one yeah um and i i guess i learned a lot from yeah that experience of you know missing out on sunlight coming up by probably like 45 minutes and 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 feeling a lot of pain and thinking oh okay well you know it's um i don't know there's something nice not something nice about the pain but you learn a lot i guess you learn a lot about yourself in in backyard ultras and you know what you're capable of yeah sure and i mean 11 in that <laughs> 2020 year that's a good result because they were still new there wasn't that much information about them there as there is now so 11's got, i think the winner did 24 that year ben hurst he did 24 so yeah that's right he did yeah. and 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 that's i think you know my as i said it was it was probably short notice and my <clears throat> my training for that wasn't ideal but then when i think about every one of them that i've done um and i've done four now um my training has probably never been ideal or what it ideal you know what it should be in terms of um you know plus 100 kilometer weeks and and all these things my my training has been um what has been achievable and realistic for me with my life and, and what's going on mm. um and i think that is you know that just has to be okay and it could be that that saying you know all or nothing but i actually don't agree with that and there was an ad going around i think it was health insurance i, I don't like to refer to ads but um all or something you know maybe you can't give something maybe you can't give everything but maybe you can just give it something and so you know for me with you know i've got a three and a half year old and a 14 month old and even going into this years you know most of my running is it is at night time when the kids are asleep um if you get woken up at 5 30 in the morning and you work all day and you've got the kids and you get to night time well you know that's when i get out running but for me um i do what's achievable for me and then i you know that has to be okay and then i do it um it could be oh no i can't possibly manage uh, 100 kilometer weeks i can't you know get in as much as i would ideally like to so maybe i'm not going to do it at all but for me um going into them i, I do what i'm able to do um and that has to be enough but yeah i love them and I'm, I'm hoping that as time goes on i can just you know do more and more yeah sure and i mean you did improve a lot the next year in 2021 like you did 17 hours i think um so yeah i've been happy with that improvement um i think I, that's the thing with backyard ultras as well because the the because there is um endless potential i don't know if i've ever been happy oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but i i was definitely i think for me uh, i'm all about continual growth so i've definitely got to be happy with a pb um so going from 11 to 17 and i think that was the thing that um you learn so much just by doing them you're like oh wow okay i could do that differently or i could um, prepare that way or so yeah i was definitely um i won't say satisfied but i, I you have to you know be happy with yourself sometimes so yeah mm -hmm. I, I i was um yeah, I was happy to get that improvement. Do you remember what adjustments, if any, you made to improve that much? Yeah, it was. I mean, I probably maybe I slowed down a little bit. 
Yeah, because there, there's a thing that happens in, in any type of race, and that's, a, the, I guess, the strange thing. If you've never done a backyard ultra before, you know, it is a race, but also it's it's very different to any other. It's not about speed or anything like that. Mm. So, you know, I'll probably, yeah, slow down a bit. Uh, I think that's a big thing. Um, you have to kind of be patient and take it easy, and then it was probably things like hydration and nutrition and, yeah, what I was doing in my breaks. Um, yeah. But also... Um, dealing with dealing with pain, I think as well. Yeah. Like as I said in the first one, I did. I I you know felt a lot of pain, and I thought I was done. But in actual fact, in hindsight, and it often happens with backyard ultras that you reflect and think, oh well, you know, I came back in on the the eleventh loop I did, and I, I think there were probably eight minutes to spare. Um, and it's that question that that you know often I have in every one of them is, oh well, could I have started the loop and actually made it back in time mm. um and so having gone through that and having reflected on that for a year i was like okay well i think a, i think pain or maybe discomfort is going to be a part of it and so the great thing was that having done one i had experienced perspective and yeah. so I, I was much better at dealing with that but even then i, I did the 17 and I, the same thing happened i was like oh no was i was i that <laughs> like i know i could hardly move my knee yeah. But I actually think I might have been able to move it enough to get to hobble around for another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's one one thing. When I did my first one, I had no idea about how important mindset was. When was your first one? Um, look, last year, 2022. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I did 16. You kicked my ass that year. You you did 17. Oh, no, you did 18 that year. So um, so MVP was your, your first one last year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done six now. In that. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> You've done four this year. Yeah, four this year. And then um, I've got one more to come, so I'm going to do five this year. I don't think I'll do five again in a year, but um, I'm not getting sick of them. I'm still loving them. Isn't that great? And it was yeah. your second your second one you did last year. Was that the one in Shepparton? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I did yeah. 22 at that one, so I went from 16 to 22. But, yeah, look, um, that was another big learning curve as well. When I did 22, I really had no idea what I was doing. I didn't really learn much from the first one, really. But, um, but yeah, I uh, but I fell in love with them, that's for sure. It was around, yeah. around Shepard and I was thinking, I thought maybe starting a podcast would be a good idea, a backup yeah. podcast, yeah. What's been the big leap for you from the first one to the last one you did? Oh, you just got the assist, didn't you? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's having a properly planned nutrition schedule, like a loop-by-loop -loop nutrition plan all set out. And it's also just um, the mindset as well. Like I know I need to focus on every loop. Like I'm, I mean, I really like talking to people when I'm out there running, but I need to be in my own head focusing on each and every lap because if I lose – I've I've dropped out a couple of times just because I've lost concentration and I haven't been um, alert enough to know to run faster to make it back in time and things like that. So it's just um, and also I've increased my weekly mileage and more more elevation has helped a lot too. I think. Yeah, that's um, and I I think yeah, there's there is always things to learn and for me, um, you know, as I've said, I. I didn't have the kilometers that would have been ideal going in. I think I've probably gotten by 
because I did the 11 and then 17 and then the next year 18 and then the next year 19. And I, I think it's I'm probably getting by <clears throat> on, my, on mental strength. I've never gone in with the kilometres I needed. I've probably never gone in having done strength training yeah. um, or warming up or things like that. And, and that's what I need to work on. I need to have the mileage. Um, I need to be doing strength and things like that and getting my body ready. But I, I think my mind is, is actually quite strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably what's been getting me. Because I even last year, looking at my kilometres, if you had a look at my kilometres and my training going in and then seeing that I managed 19, it would have been like I, I thought it was, you know, almost laughable. I was like, oh, no, no way. You know, even going in, I was like, oh, no, I'm just not prepped. But, I yeah, I think it was having the um, experience and perspective of having done them before and then just being mentally ready for it. And now I know I need to work on so many other things. Yeah, sure. And in, in these first two, the first two you did, did um, the diabetes, like, did that come into play at all? I think, yeah, I, I think I was quite on top of it um, because I, I guess I've, I've gotten to a point, um, <clears throat> you know, I want to be, I guess, really on top of my health because I want to make sure that I'm there for family and kids and work and I'm quite um, enthusiastic. I have a lot of energy. I want to do a lot of things. Mm. Um, but that's not going to be achievable for me or anyone really if we're not on top of our health, yeah. if we're not feeling good about ourselves. So for me, that's the, the big driver is that. And one thing I've thought about quite often is is life longevity. Um, and that can be a thing that with diabetes, if you're not on top of it now, it's the complications that can happen later in life mm. if you don't look after yourself in terms of, well, yeah, things that have been quite scary to me in terms of, eyesight that being affected limbs um you know uh lifespan decreasing and all those types of things it's what you do now i guess that's the big thing with diabetes so that's why you know i really need to be on top of it it's like um what is it superannuation i mean it's important but you also don't think about it as much as you should or need to because it's it's not really affecting you right now like whereas it might be like oh well complications later in life 50s 60s but you do need to think about it and it is important so for me um yeah that's that's why you know i'm i'm driven to be just really on top of my health because i, I want to achieve a lot and i, I want to be here for my kids and i, I want to um yeah get as much out of life as i can so for me even in the first two i just made sure that going in um i was really prepped and prepared and on top of my diabetes and i had a I had a plan i i met with a sports dietitian to talk about yeah, well, my diabetes and fueling and all those things, and I, I did um at least in the from the first one, I did have kind of a clear plan in terms of what I was going to aim for with um carbs and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and my diabetes was kind of, you know, again the the beautiful thing is that after every loop, I can I could check my levels, and then I got to a point where during every loop, the whole time I always have visibility as to what my levels are. Mm. I even had a a scare or a moment after about sixteen hours this year where I was. My levels were crashing. I had down arrows and I was going low. Um, but I had a gel on me and I, you know, I just walked for a bit and I had that and that kicked in and then I was okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like everything is kind of manageable or fixable. Mm. The um, Earlier this year, I've had a couple of people in my family say like, because they know how into like running ultras I am and stuff like that. So, And because they don't know much about it, like they're like, oh, I, are you sure this is a good idea? Like, aren't you worried about your health? I'm not too sure you should do this. Have you had anyone like 
say that type of thing to you? Like, I mean, it's coming from a good place, but but have you had people say that to you? I think people might question my mental state or, <laughs> you know, think it's a bit crazy. But I, I think everyone's kind of been um, supportive or, or seen how excited and passionate I get about them. Yeah. And obviously with something like uh, if I'm able to not only um, live or be on top of my diabetes but do something like that, they're probably assuming that, okay, well, yeah, it's it's quite good for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think they're so beneficial for me, not just um, physically, but it's it's the mental thing as well. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you feel when you're out there, but for me, like I, I apart from, you know, my wedding and children being born and all that, it's it's the most, um, yeah, Backyard Ultra is the most incredible experience I've ever had. I, I find that, um, yes, there's pain and discomfort and all those things, but I, I find um, people talk about the flow state, but what happens after 14, 15, 16 hours is the kind of the world kind of shrinks, mm-hmm. becomes very small for me. Um, and any troubles or worries or anything like that kind of just disappears and you're kind of just focused on the moment and your breathing and the pain and all of that. And it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. It just becomes very um, manageable, manageable and small. And there's this quote from a film. Um, it was adaptation, and it's it's uh, um, the reason it matters to care passionately about something is that it whittles the world down to a more manageable size, and that that's probably about how I feel about uh, back out ultras. Yeah, you know, and I and I think for me, I, I don't get upset because um, the PB or anything. I just don't want that feeling to end. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I would love to just be out there forever, and that's just not a possibility. But um, yeah, and I get so inspired and um, g'd up by you know, people continually breaking records and going further and further. And I just get so excited um, having seen them a few years ago when it was like, oh, my God, they did 60 hours. And, oh, my God, the world record got broken. It was 85 and 86. And um, now Phil Gore with the 102. And I was just like, this is just the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I just get so excited by when people do well, uh, do well in them. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me when I did my first one last year um i dropped out after 16 went home went to bed woke up the next day on sunday and i just couldn't believe they were still going like ben nichols and matt doobie they were just still going it just blew my mind and i realized yeah i mean i was just blown away and that was a really hot year too i was just do you remember that i reckon that was was that the hottest year you've done it at mvp yeah, I think so. It's um, yeah, it has been. That's another thing, isn't it? There's so many factors, but the heat. Yeah, and having having something like this in Feb, yeah. we we actually got very lucky this year because that was the the coolest one out of the the four I've done there. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, it was quite hot. And I that's the thing, diabetes. My diabetes doesn't like heat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like often, I, I find I'm more susceptible to going low, or the CGM won't stay on. It will kind of unpeel and all of that stuff. But yeah. um, just another thing to be, you know, aware of. But yeah, it it was quite hot, and I, yeah, I just I just love that, and it, I remember them, yeah, that year as well, and just thinking like, um, well, that's it. Like once you've done one, and once you see these people, what they're doing, you just want to, you know that just inspire you to keep going um yeah so that's that's the thing for me i just want to i don't 
I don't think there is any. There's no limit to backyard ultras, and I personally don't think there's any limit to what we can achieve. Not just for me with my diabetes, but with, with backyard ultras. Like I'm, I'm 37. I feel like in this sport, I'm yeah, quite young. And yeah. just, why can't I go for another 20 years? Why can't I get into the loops like in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s? Mm. I, I think you know, absolutely, um, we can achieve like anything we want to. So yeah. for me, I yeah, I don't know what you're like. I think about them every day. Yeah, yeah, I do. The, um, <laughs> I did the one I did in Shepparton just the other day. Um, Shane Matthews, he's sixty-four, and he did thirty hours, and he could have kept going and done more too. Mm. But um, yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, I love knowing that as forty-four, I I can still keep going for years and years and keep improving. Like I feel like I'm still still young in this sport. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's one incredible. The, yeah. Yeah. Um. So when you ran at MVP that year, last year, um, I remember there was like a cryogenic machine, like one of those um, cold things. Yeah. Did you go in there and to cool down when you finished? Oh, no, I didn't. That would have been okay. nice. <laughs> Do you I think, remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing about that. Um, yeah, that, that would have been lovely. I think this year I was anticipating if it was heat, I just took some super dupers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, no, that'd be great. And I, I think, um, I don't know about you, but I've, yeah, I've, I've always been, um, self supporting. Like I've, I've never gone with a crew or anything like that. Right. Yeah. I kind of, for me, it's just, yeah, just myself. But I, I've always, you, you meet so many amazing people and thankfully I always end up in a tent or near, you know, awesome people and you can kind of help each other out. Yeah. But for me, it's always been quite a personal journey, and I just feel like, yeah, I um, I don't know. It's something I want to do, so I'll drive it and I'll kind of support myself. But yeah, not saying I'm not open to other people help me out. But yeah, I've always kind of just been, just been me. Although the the first, the first two years I did them, like even the year I did seventeen, that PB, I, I made the silly mistake the first times I ever did them to um, drive there. Which meant that I then had to drive home. Yeah. So the the I don't know if you've done that, but um yeah, the year I did seventeen, I was like, okay, run seventeen hours, go from I think it was seven PM till yeah, like midday. Yeah. And then have a half an hour cat nap and then drive home. And I told myself, Well, never again, firstly because it's dangerous, but also um what I try to do is eliminate the opportunity for excuses to exist. Yeah. What I kind of found with that is that I'll be on loop 16 or 17 and I'm, I'm start thinking about, oh, well, maybe I'll have to stop soon so I'm in an okay state to drive home. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and, and, and what, what can happen is is things like that. So I actually realised that, yes, I'm, I'm going to stop driving to them firstly so I can be safer, but also because I don't want any kind of excuse. I want to just be able to just go until I can't go anymore and not, not have to think about, you know, driving home or that type of thing. I think we can do that a lot, not just in races like this, but in life where we can kind of create excuses. And I, I notice that can kind of happen with training. And, you know, obviously, as I said, my, my running is mostly at night, but, you know, quite often we could be like, oh, it's too cold. It's too dark. It's too nice. Um, I try to just cut that out when I'm hungry for something. I want to work on something. And you just get out regardless of what it's like. And you'll always feel better mm. having done it. But there, there, it is something that, yeah. I can I can't talk for other people, but for me, I know that it's, it can be easy to create excuses or reasons reasons to not do things. Yeah, um, that could have been oh I don't have the training, or you know I've only ever done a half. How can I suddenly go to a race that doesn't end? Um, 
do it. <laughs> I was so um, at Shepherd and I was really happy with my mindset during that race because I was finding it so hard a lot earlier than normal and I just kept going. And I knew that there was nothing that could stop me until I reached the end where my left leg just wouldn't move anymore. But there was one stage where, like, I was, like, I ran off to the side of the track a little bit and my feet were under bushes. And I was thinking, gee, I could have got, if there was a snake then, I could have got bitten by a snake. And I was kind of wishing that it kind of happened. So it gave me an excuse to stop. It was hurting that much. Isn't that, isn't it amazing? And this is, you mentioned, so I, I did the one that was 11 hours. And and then the following year I did 17. But I think it was that that pain that I experienced in that that first one where I thought I was done. And I called it. And in actual fact, I realized that maybe I wasn't. And I remember that year that I came back and um, I actually, I managed to, I don't know how, um, talk someone from work who had never done a backyard ultra into doing it with me. Yeah. And I, I remember being on, I think it was loop 12. And I, it, it because I'd, I'd slowed down quite a bit and I thought I was done. Um, and I, I ended up finding him and talking to him and he was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm just stopping every now and then I'm walking. And it's like, I just walk for a bit with me. And you'll find that if, if we walk um, and we walk a bit more, we'll still come in with plenty of minutes to spare. And so I walked with him and realized that I came in and there was still like five minutes or more than enough, even though, you know, I'd been coming in at 45 and 44. And, and that's yeah. what had happened in the previous year when I did 11. I think my, my slowest loop had been my last one, the, the only one over 50 minutes. So I think it was 53. And I was like, oh, I'm done. And then in actual fact, I was running with him and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I mean, I don't need to come in at 45s and come in at 54 or 55 or 56. And so when I thought I was done and I was ready to call it, in actual fact, I talked to him and it kind of sparked something and I went for another five hours. Yeah. That's when I realized, well, no, you're actually not done. And you also don't actually need to come in with 10 to 15. And you often see it, you know, people come in, their, their loops are in the 44s and 45s and suddenly they have one that's like 49 or 50 and they're done. Well, yeah. in actual fact, you have an hour. So... Yeah, that that's definitely something that um, I realised um, coming back that it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll have them in the 45s and then 50s and then 56 and you just have to come in before the hour. Um, and even if you come in, you, go and you don't have long to spare at all, just grab your bottle, tailwind or whatever and just go out again. So I think it was when I did 17 that I realised that um, moving forward, I just wanted to um, do them until I felt that um, I ever timed out or the last two I've done, I've been like, if I had gone out for another loop, you probably never would have seen me again. Like, I was like, okay, in actual fact, I'm probably going to disappear into the wilderness. So I've the last two times I've, I've caught it when I felt like I abs absolutely was done. And that's where I want to be now. I just want to go until I, I'm absolutely broken. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, when we kind of talked about it already, but earlier this year when you did 19, do you put that down to mind mainly mindset or were there other things that you – improved on or made adjustments with i think it was yeah i mean i think that was mostly mindset yeah and and, and having gone through um some of the pain and things before yeah. um yeah and, and now I, I guess having done that and and getting more well as i said i'm just in love with them and i, I want to keep doing them but also just keep that experience going and so I kind of know the work I need to do in terms of, you know, the other training. I feel like, yeah, mentally I'm strong and, and, and that's that's all right. But I need to get my, you know, your body is quite important. Your legs are important. Yeah. You know, all of those things. So, yeah, I've got to work on that. 
Yeah. And what was it that ended ended it for you? This <laughs> it, it would have been, yeah, it was my body. Yeah. I, th- I think that that's what it has been, you know, and that would that would be, um, you know, got to do more mileage, got to get more serious about the, the strength and all these things. And that just comes with, um, you know, we're all, we're all busy. Everyone's busy. I, I never really um, buy busy as an excuse because if you're really passionate about something or you want something, you, you find time to be able to fit that in. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that's the thing. Like, yes, I, you know, kids and work and all those things, but lots of people have that. So for me, it's about, okay, well, you know, I can run when they're asleep. Um, I can do things like, and I have done this before for back out ultra training where I set the alarm for 2am and went out and, you know, did five loops and then came back and was parenting at 7am. You can do that. You can do it. Yeah, it's not fun, but if you're serious about it, like, <laughs> fit it in and do that. So, yeah, it's it's kind of, um, you know, if I get really hungry and it's something I want to keep doing, I just need to be able to, yeah, get committed and, and fit everything in. Yeah. Um, you did mention that you've never run with the crew before and it sounds like you kind of enjoy getting in the zone um, and doing it yourself, but... Do you think you might run with the crew next year or something like that? Yeah, it's hard. Like, um, I'm kind of – and I, it's probably not because I just want to do it by myself. I, I'm kind of self-deprecating and I, I just can't imagine myself ever asking anyone, you know, like, <laughs> do you want to come out while I'm doing an endless run? And, it's like, yeah. it's kind of – it's probably that. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I just – I just I would feel terrible even asking anyone. And, and I mean, last year when I did the 18, um, the mate that I – I I managed to rope him from work and do the the previous one with. Um, he actually came out and was with me for like the last three hours or last four hours that I did, and that was huge. Yeah. Um, it was actually really helpful when I when I came in and I didn't have long to spare, and he was helping me out with um, injury and shoes and all those things. And so I can absolutely see the benefit. And I mean, this year when I did it, I was in a tent of about there were about six or seven of us, and in actual fact, we were kind of acting as each other's crew. And there was one guy there who wasn't um, running and he was kind of helping me out or helping us out. So that was kind of, yeah, I saw how beneficial that could be. And yeah. actual fact, we we became like a little community. So in actual fact, yeah, it wasn't just me at all. Yeah. Um, when I ran at Shepparton a couple of weeks ago, I did that without a crew. My girlfriend got there after like 31, 32 hours. I knew I was going to do pretty much the whole thing without a crew. But I did have a couple of people come in a little bit and help me out and it made like after 20 hours it just makes the biggest difference just not having to move an extra few meters and having someone else do it for you it just makes a massive difference yeah absolutely it does and even yeah last year when i did 18 i ended up um you know in a tent with two guys who i'd i'd met in the previous year and run with and we we kind of helped each other out you know like uh, one of them, he got to about 5am and he was, he was. I think he was saying he was bored or over it mentally. He just didn't want to keep going. Yeah. Um, and myself and the other guy talked him out of it. We're like, oh, what are you thinking? And in actual fact, he then went on to do 19. Oh, yeah. um, this was at the early stage before he'd even done like 12 hours where he wanted to, you know, give up. So in actual fact, um, you know, even if you don't have a, a crew, you can have other runners or people around you can kind of support you and you can help each other out. And that's what I really love about it as well is that um, – I guess the community and, and the vibe and the, and the people that I've met. Yeah. I kind of like, 
when you go to preschool, if there's another kid for me, like if there was another kid dressed as Batman, I'd be like, oh yeah, instant best friends. Whereas for me, it's like anyone who loves running and particularly anyone who loves backyard ultras, I just know that we're going to get along. Like I, just, yeah. I know we're like the same tribe or wavelength. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. That's, I, I guess that's why I find, I find it quite easy to meet people running and talk to people who love running. Yeah, 100%. So you did mention to me um, via message that you're planning on doing MVP next year, but you want to do more than just the one. Is that yeah. plan? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I wrote – for me, it's about – I've got it with my wife. I've got to put the leave pass in yeah. probably a year in advance. <laughs> but she does know that I yeah, – and I think the other night she said, are, we, are you actually asking me? Because what if I just said no? I was like, no, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I for me, I – you know, I want to keep um, keep doing them, and I, I'd love to do. Um, it's I guess it's been I've been doing the one because of you know life and 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 really young kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to, you know, do more than one. Why? Why? You know, why wait a year to do one event that is literally the one of the best things you've ever done in your life? Yeah. So yeah. for me, absolutely, I want to try and um, fit more in, and I love like seeing people like yourself where. <laughs> You know, just doing multiples, just doing so many of them. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it's going to be, if you want to do more than one next year, I mean, there's a few popping up. There's Shepparton again. There's the new wild dog one in June. So you're going to have a few a few choices. Oh, there's one in winter. Yeah, in June, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you're the person to talk to. Yeah, um, yeah that sounds good. Maybe I can do three next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so have you started thinking about um, MVP? I mean, you're improving every year. So have you started thinking about how you're going to like improve again? Maybe, maybe hit the twenty-four. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's the um, it's yeah, it's just getting serious about everything. There's not there's not one factor. There's not one part. So you can be mentally strong and not have the case in your legs, or not have the training you need for your body. Yeah, and you're only going to get so far. You could, and and again, you could um have all the training in your legs and 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 not be mentally strong, and it's the same thing. So there's so many factors and things that you need to focus on. So yeah, you probably need to work on the the, the actual running and the distance in your legs, and you probably need to incorporate um, strength work and be and have your your body strong as well. And then you have to make sure that you're mentally strong and on top of your nutrition and hydration and all of these things. So for me, it's about okay not just focusing on one area. It's not just about being on top of my diabetes. It's not just about, okay, feeling okay about how I feel mentally. It's all of it. And and you kind of got to treat all of it with respect. Um, and that, I guess that's the great thing about having just jumped into the first one I ever did and doing 11. I was like, okay, well, this, it's actually, um, it demands respect. Like you got to respect your body. You got to respect the distance. This is not just a thing. You got to make sure you put the work in. So for me, it's about, um, you know, I converted the garage to a like a rumpus a playroom for the kids where I have managed to get a little space where I have gym equipment or strength stuff. So, you know, I know I need to focus on that. And I just need to get the Ks in as well. And as I said, it's just getting out in the dark at night and everyone's asleep. And and the kids do eventually go to sleep. So I know there'll always be an opportunity to get out and run. So it's just about getting out and doing that. It looks like you're like a pretty – you're definitely not a slow run. I mean, you fit pretty fast. I mean, you're doing these pram runs averaging about five minute Ks. So, I mean, you're pretty fast. Um, it's funny. I, I, um, like I can do, 
I can do sub twenty five k. Yeah, and and sub like forty two ten k and mm. um, things like that. But I, it's funny. I probably get. I'm probably more inclined or gravitate more towards the idea of doing an ultra than a fast five k run. Yeah. It's funny. Like ex- I, I find them challenging as well because you just got to push. Yeah. Um, but I guess you know that was the thing when I first did a, a back out ultra. I'd been doing a lot of you know my biggest run before that had been a a half and I was doing 5Ks and 10Ks and things like that. And it was after I did my first one where I realized the benefits of slowing down a bit. Um, But I I also definitely understand and see the benefits in doing um, speed sessions and things like that. But I, yeah, I I like all types of running. Mm. Um, And I did, I did used to like trying to go pretty quick. Um, But yeah, my, and my, I was running with my, my son yesterday. He was telling me to go faster. (laughs) But um. Yeah, it's it's um yeah, and as I said when I was a kid I was a sprinter. Um so I did used to like going quick and now it's just about I wanna see just how long I can go for. Yeah, yeah. And and you mentioned strength work. Like have you seen a, a personal trainer to like get a, a program made for you or anything like that? Or what type of strength work are you doing? I've I've seen um yeah, I mean I've had personal trainers and things before in my in my life and um I think it was for my for my second, from my third back out, I'll try. I decided to get a run coach, yeah. um, and was working with them, and and she gave me, um, you know, a strength program to do. Um, but that it's a thing that I, I've probably never taken as seriously as I should. Um, and for me, you know, in terms of setup in my garage, it's really things like, um, you know, bands and kettlebells, and I'm big on body weight and things like that, and and that's the kind of thing I I want to get into. Um, I don't think that I need a, a gym or machines or things like that. Yeah. Um, but again, I've just got to, you know, I, the thing for me, what I really love is just getting out and running. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know that all those other things are going to be beneficial as well. And maybe one day I'll get motivated or excited about stretching because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that that's something that I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely don't do any strength work at all. Oh, whenever I've tried kettlebells in the past, like I always end up with sore joints. Like I do a squat, and then like the next few days, like my ligaments are just—I can feel them stretching in my in my knees, and it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a, so I know it's a, it's a thing that will probably be beneficial for me. I was in the um the first couple I did, I was seeing a physio um because I, I know that, and that's the thing as well that injury injury prevention and management because that's the thing with these types of races or endurance running that um, for me I always kind of split it up into two parts the first part is making it to the start line um, in an okay state like yeah. just getting there because a lot of times there's been a lot of instances where um, I've talked to people who are training for things like this and they they don't make it or they get injured um, so for me it's always about okay well my first goal is to get there okay mm-hmm. um, and then the second the second goal is to actually do the race but even that happened last year where I was ramping up my training and trying to get the Ks that I wanted to get in. Um, and then I had some niggles and pains and I was like, okay, well, I need to ease back and actually greatly reduce the amount of Ks I'm doing because I was um, in pain or found that I had some injuries or things going on with my ankles. Yeah. Um, so I kind of greatly reduced and, and just did what I could. Um, and then thankfully, by the time I got to, you know, Feb, um, I was okay to run. But that yeah. kind of, that, that's been a thing I think you've always kind of got to, know when to look after yourself and read your body sometimes yeah. you might just have to you know not run you might just have to recover i think it's it's probably just a, a part of the game um pain and injuries and things like that you can't say that you're going to run 
you know, over a hundred kilometers or more and just keep running and, and never feel, you know, never have anything go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I've been through a, a few periods where like I've, I probably should have had a break from running, but I just ran through some serious pain in my feet and knees. But um, I, I probably should have. This was like one or two years ago, but yeah. But I know um, Phil Gore, like he, he's the best and he he knows how important strength work is. I, he doesn't post about it much, but he definitely spends one or two days doing strength work at, a, at the gym um, every week. Yeah, it's it's funny. I've, I've talked to people who talk about yeah, who have mentioned the benefits. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably definitely need to listen. Um, yeah, and and I guess that's the thing. If someone like that, um, who has the yeah the current the world record, and mm. just you know when you see footage of Phil, it it just looks like he could you know run forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I, I gather you'll be following Biggs. Um, you know, yeah absolutely I, I always follow and i love that there's um yeah aussies in there just yeah people from all over it's yeah. great that um yeah phil's in there with you know the previous world record holder yeah. record holders as well yeah um yeah it's going to be amazing yeah i can't wait it's going to be it's going to be the best like it's easily the best um back out ultra field ever assembled um no doubt about that i, I reckon they'll be going for a pretty long time yeah absolutely and and that's the thing um yeah. like well there's people run these events and they could feel quite small like i know when you go out to mvp um the first time i ever did it and there are probably like 56 runners it's a friday night at 7 p.m um there's not really anyone else around it's almost like no one else even knows that this go this thing is going on yeah. um but the i guess the, the people who you know who win these events and and do really well they i guess there's just the potential for them to inspire others like they probably don't even realize the impact of that like yeah. you know we're, we're talking about phil i've never met phil um i've just seen him like online or following events and that's the thing he, i don't know if he realizes like the impact he's had just by doing this crazy race where there's like endless loops um and you mentioned the the winner of last year um but yeah i get i guess yeah i just get really inspired by what people are doing in these events and they might not even realize the impact yeah yeah i mean yeah, I just love it. And the people who do them, like, they're just so, especially like people like Phil, they're so generous with their knowledge as well. Like, they want to see other people do well as well. Yeah. Um, so I've actually started at the end of each episode just asking my guests their three tips for um, doing well in a backyard ultra. So what would um, your three tips for doing well at a backyard ultra be? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's just um, be patient. I think that's a that's a big thing for me because it's you know it can happen in any any type of race. You get excited, um, but I, I think that's the thing. You just got to kind of um, take each, each loop as it comes. It can be it can be hard not to think about. You can hear conversations around. Oh, how many loops do you want to do? Oh, five, ten, fifteen, twenty. I kind of I've gotten to a point now where I don't even want to really think about that. Yeah. I just want to enjoy and be enjoy each loop and be present, and not, yes, you can have things in the background, but you also just really never know what's going to happen or what can happen. So for me, I just want to be kind of patient with myself and and be present. Um, I mean, that's what I love most about running is it allows me the opportunity to be present, to slow down a bit, and to kind of freeze time, um, 
and be aware of my thoughts and my thinking. Because I one thing for me that happens in life is that I find there's just so much noise from life and work and messages and texts and information. Yeah. Um. That I I just I'm drawn to running and I love running because it, it's just a chance for me to just be with me and to just yeah. um slow down. And that's what I love most about the backyard ultra. As I said, kind of everything kind of disappears and it shrinks. Mm. So I guess my yeah one of my biggest things is is just being patient with yourself. Yeah. Um. And another yeah, thing I, would just be yeah. Sorry. I, say, I also have may started making an, a conscious effort of not knowing or not counting laps because like i've it, it's a bit too it's a bit daunting like if you're up to 20 for example and you still know you want to go at least another 10 and 10 hours is a long time mm. yeah yeah that's right um and a, another one for me is just it's a mindset thing but flipping negatives into positives mm. and so what i mean by that is is there's like MVP on the course, there's hills. And and quite often you could think about a hill and go, oh, a hill. Well, in actual fact, what I realized is that the hills are the opportunity to walk. And walking is quite nice compared to running. So it's like, what happens when you when you, when you you flip it, when you think, oh, no, well, in actual fact, the hill is going to be my opportunity to kind of walk and take a breather. What I actually found is that I then look forward to them. Yeah. So you're on this course, it has these hills, and at, what point, at one point there's what seems like a cliff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you know you're going to walk that. Um, and so in actual fact, well, I end up looking forward to it. Um, so I find there's a lot of value in, in kind of flipping your thinking um, and, and, and flipping negatives into positives. Yeah. That's one of the great things about the um, MVP course compared to some of the flatter courses. In the flatter courses, you kind of can't, you kind of, kind of figure out where you're going to walk, whereas with MVP, it's all um, it's helped you into walk. You don't need to worry about that. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's funny when you can look forward to hills, um, and I guess the the other thing would just be, yeah, it's 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 hard because as I said, you can you can kind of pull out or call it when in actual fact you might not be done at all, and yeah. what happens then is just, I mean I found a lot of regret and reflection and hindsight and things like that. So for me, it's just you know believing in yourself and and keep pushing, and it, that's the, the the beautiful thing is that. You, you probably end up discovering that you're capable of so much more than you think. Mm. Um, you know, just by, as I said, the second one I did, I, I thought I was done. Um, and then I kept going for another five. So it's, it's my, my other thing would just be about, yeah, digging deep and, and, you know, don't be afraid to just kind of um, explore. And that's what it is. It's, it's for me, it's self-exploration and just finding out like things about yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which we can do in all aspects of life. Like even in in work and things like that, we might think we're cap- not capable of something. In actual fact, if we dig deep, you know, or try, we actually can. So that's the other thing for me. Yeah, and yeah. It, and enjoy it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I loved. Oh, I love watching the other runners like keep like keep pushing. The last one I did at Shepherd, and it was really good because there was a, a few, a quite a few runners who were really set on hitting a particular goal. And some of them worked so hard to hit that goal. Like they were really grinding towards the end. And it was just so awesome to be a part of and watch them do so well. Yeah. It's, um, I love, I really love, um, Harvey Lewis. Mm. And I, I think you ran with him. Yeah. yeah he was at the Masters. At so, um, Dead Cow Gully. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I ran 
half a lap with him and had a chat with him. And he was on the podcast a few weeks ago as well, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I, 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 um, yeah, I really love his attitude and, and what he's done in the, in the sport. But I, there's this great, um, clip or even gif of, of him. Like, I think he came in one time in the backyard ultra with like a second to spare and he kind of, he jumped, he kind of, um, crossed the line and then jumped back and laid down and then he had a second, then he got back up. And it's like, I love that. Like he literally had a second or two seconds before timing out and he just kept pushing. I think he actually went on to win that one. Um, That might've been the year, the time he did 86. Um, Yeah. And I I love that. So it's like, you know, just keep pushing and seeing what happens. And you could think, oh, I came in literally with a second to spare. You know, maybe I'm actually done. In actual fact, I love that he just kept going. Yeah. I think he got that one. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Hey, uh, Mark, thanks heaps for um, coming on. It's been no, really- no, thanks so much for having me. I, yeah, lovely to have a chat. Yeah, really interesting and um, inspiring as well. Um, and I'm really looking forward to actually running at a backyard ultra with you and and talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. That's that. I that's one of my favorite things about backyard ultra and often i find or i'm thinking maybe i'm that annoying person after 12 13 14 hours that like because i i don't i would never wear headphones like i, I love just being completely right. present and aware of what's going on but yeah. also i just want to be that person that comes up alongside you after 14 hours and just starts out talking to you about life yeah <laughs> um, but it's funny how many people get into that and love that and i actually you don't really encounter people who are wearing headphones everyone just kind of wants to be really aware of what's going on but i i absolutely love um the chats that happen and the people i've met and i'm you know partly drawn to it because of the amazing community and the people who do it yeah because I, f- I feel like that's just my tribe so i'm hoping i can just keep doing them and, and keep growing and and that's the thing as i've said like with the backyard ultra there's, there's not really any limit or like ceiling mm-hmm. and i, I kind of feel like it's that way with all of us as well so I, I love kind of how it carries over to life as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, well, look, I'm really looking forward to um, catching up with you at MVP. And, um, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be great. It's been a great chat too. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, yeah. Ace. I appreciate it. I'll no see you worries. in the next one. Yeah, it sounds good. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. See ya. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.